the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today we have got a Muppety Puppety episode for you. We are talking Muppets three times over. We are talking the 1979 The Muppet Movie. We are then talk, talking the uh, late 70s, early to early 80s, The Muppet Show. And then for our casting, John, this was something that you brought up because you'd kind of seen this going around uh, as a meme and around the internets recently. Yeah, so we uh, we changed it up a little bit fun. Um, you know, there's a, a, kind of a meme going around various things of, you know, if you could redo a movie uh, but as The Muppets and keep one, you know, person, you know, what movie and who would you choose? And I said, well, let's do that, but we're going to actually cast it out. So we're each yep. going to cast a movie. We don't know what movie we're going to cast, um, but we're going to recast the movie, say who, you know, what actor we're going to keep as, as the live person, and then recast the other characters as Muppets. Yeah, so pick the Muppet for the role. Um, I am very curious of what you picked. Um, man, I will be, I will find it hilarious to no end if we both picked the exact same movie. <laughs> that would be pretty pretty funny Yeah, uh, and see, see what kind of Muppets who we fit in there. So anyway, uh, yeah, so that's what we've got. We have got a Jim Henson Muppet episode. We actually had a Jim Henson episode we did before when we talked uh, Dark Crystal. Yep. And uh, I think it was Fraggle Rock with that one. Yep. Or but, Muppet um, Babies. Yeah. Or wait, was that something Maybe else? it was Muppet Babies, because we talked to Fraggle Rock as well. Yeah, we have. Know, we might have been Muppet Babies. I don't know. So that's kind of a good segue. Um, You know, the Muppets, We I was definitely much more in the time of Muppet Babies than I was for the Muppets, because mm-hmm. obviously... Neither of us were born in 1979 or the late 70s when this happened, but uh, but still, this this franchise is huge for a lot of people. Uh, so, John, if you would take us back to the late 70s to 1979 to be specific, and uh, get our minds ready for the Muppet movie. So, the movie was released on June 22nd, 1979. The Billboard Top 100 single of that week was the song "Hot Stuff" by Donna Summer. Hot stuff, baby. It's a hot stuff, something. That's a good song. Right there towards the end of the disco era. But you know what? Hot stuff, pretty classic song. Yeah. Can't go wrong with it. Uh, The Top in the Nielsen ratings uh, that week was a sitcom called Three's Company. Okay. Come and knock on my door. (laughs) I'll be something for you. It's the thing and the thing and the thing. Three's Three's Company, Company too. (laughs) That's all I know of it. Yeah. And from various trivia ones, I know that uh, Suzanne Summer's character's first name on that show was Christmas. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is like a, a common trivia thing. The top of the New York Times bestseller was a book called The Mattery Circle by Robert Ludlum, who we've mentioned a book by him before. I am not at all familiar with this one. Definitely not. Uh, in video games... Uh, which of which there was precious little since this was 1979, <laughs> uh, but there was an arcade game uh, that had come out earlier that year called Head On. Uh, it was from Sega, and it was kind of like 
I, I saw it. Um, I don't have it on my emulator, so I couldn't play it. It kind of looked like a cross between Pac-Man and uh, Centipede a little bit. It's kind of weird. Like hmm. you're, it's it's this weird map with dots, and you're a race car, and you have to go around and eat up the dots. It's very very simplistic, and I can kind of see why nobody's ever heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do not know it. So, and then a weird. This is kind of a dark fact, but it jumped out at me when I read it. Uh, a woman named Elvita Adams apparently tried to jump from the 86th floor of the Empire State Building in an attempt to suicide, only to be blown back by a gust of wind onto the 85th floor. Whoa. And only broke her hip. Wow. So she only ended up falling one floor, but it was the 86th to the 85th and wind that pushed her. Well, that is yeah. insane. Yeah. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what that been like. Like I don't is the eighty sixth floor the observatory because I know there's like an upper and a lower observatory uh, there, yeah. and I don't know if maybe she tried to jump from one and it blew her back onto the lower, or did it blow her through a window? Like it, I it didn't say, but man, yeah, yeah, intense. And that was nineteen seventy nine. Thank you, John, for setting us back then. And uh, I guess without further ado, let's muppetize ourselves and talk the Muppet movie. The Muppet Movie from 1979, directed by James Frawley. Uh, he directed a lot of uh, TV stuff, things, uh, episodes of The Monkees, Magnum P.I., Cagney and Lacey, Law and Order, Grey's Anatomy. Uh, so vast majority was TV stuff. Uh, this movie was written by Jerry Jewell and Jack Burns, who pretty much did all the Muppet stuff and Sesame Street as well. Um, songs for this movie were written by Kenny Asher and Paul Williams. Uh, Paul Williams um, definitely is a an accomplished music writer in his own right, for sure, mm-hmm. other than working in film. Uh, he wrote An Old Fashioned Love Song by Three Dog Night. Just an old-fashioned love song Coming down in three-part harmony Just an old-fashioned love song One I'm sure they wrote for you and me Just an old-fashioned love he wrote, We've Only Just Begun by The Carpenters. We've only just begun to live White lace and promises A kiss for luck and we're on our way We've only begun bunch of stuff actually on that but those are some of the biggest hits that uh, he worked on the cast for this film um a lot of the same people doing different voices so kermit rolf dr teeth war uh, waldorf and the swedish chef are all done by jim henson uh, miss piggy Fozzie, animal sam the eagles all done by frank oz uh, floyd crazy harry robin the frog lou zealand all done by jerry nelson who jerry nelson also worked on a lot of other um Sesame Street and other Jim mm-hmm. Henson productions uh, did Fraggle Rock. He was uh, he did the voice of the Count on Sesame Street for over forty years. Oh, nice! Have you have you ever heard the uh, censored Count video? Have you seen that? Oh, I think yeah, it's, it's kind of like a unnecessary censorship yeah. kind of thing where yes. they do they do the bleeps and it's it's awesome. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, Scooter, Statler, Janice, Sweetums, and Beaker are all voiced by Richard Hunt, who's done Henson stuff basically. Uh, Gonzo, Zoot, and Doctor Bunsen Honeydew were done by David Goles. Gales, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but um, also more Henson stuff. And 
tons of cameos oh, yeah. in this film uh, from huge people in the entertainment industry. Um, I'm not going to mention all of them as we go through, but I'll mention some of them during the movie. But right now I'll mention Mil- Milton Berle, Mel Brooks, James Coburn, Dom DeLuise, Elliot Gould, Carol Kane, Cloris Leachman, Steve Martin, Richard Pryor, Orson Welles. Uh, just tons of huge names right there. And also I noticed in the IMDb credits, someone who worked as a Muppet performer for this film, a young Tim Burton. Ah. Well, you know, and it makes a lot of sense because he did a lot of stuff with like puppets and um, yeah. and claymation and stuff. So uh, yeah, Tim Burton was uh, was one of the people who worked the Muppets in this one. So that's very cool. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't have the biggest intera- interaction with the Muppets in general when I was younger. I mean, I've, I've mentioned that a little bit earlier, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, what about you? Because I, I'm far more nostalgic for Muppet Babies, personally, because right. that was a show that I absolutely watched. So, um, But you're a little bit older, and so maybe did the Muppets, you know, hit your nostalgia? So I definitely remember the TV show. The Muppet okay. Show, I remember watching reruns of it. I watched it a lot. Oddly enough, I don't actually have a nostalgia per se for any of the Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. Any of them. Um, yeah. I've actually never seen like Muppet Treasure Island. I've never I've seen uh, the Chris, Muppet Christmas Carol all the way through. Like For some reason, the movies never got to me, but I was a huge fan of the TV show. Okay. Yeah. I... Had only seen so this is the first time I've actually seen the Muppet movie. To my recollection, this is also the first okay. time I've seen this movie. And like you, I really hadn't seen. I did see one, the one with um, Jason Segel. Uh, I did see that recent. one. I did see that. Yeah, one. I saw that one. Friends of mine wanted to go with it, uh, go or go see it. So I I joined them and watched that because I liked Jason Segel. So, uh, but yeah, so this was uh, brand new to me. But yeah, the Muppets are just I mean huge. I would say pop culture icons, all yeah. of them. All right, so let's get into the film, and we start off in a studio backlot, the studio being Worldwide Studios. Obviously, that's not real. Uh, We see Statler and Waldorf come in to heckle things. I mean, it's fun to see them. I like seeing them immediately because they are two of the best. Yeah. So uh, they're in a theater. Muppets are all preparing to watch this movie. They're making bad jokes. Bad jokes and bad puns is synonymous with Muppets. <laughs> yes, and it's sort of like, to me, it's one of those things where, like, it's so bad, it actually kind of makes you chuckle a little bit. They, 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 exactly. They know what they're doing with that. Like, they're they're trying to make these terrible jokes. Um, we see Kermit come in, and he's introducing the screening of this movie that they're about to show, and so they then get it going. Uh, as uh, the movie gets started, we uh, start off right away with the most famous song from this movie uh, that Kermit sings, and that's Rainbow Connection. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Rainbows are visions, but only illusions. And rainbows have nothing to hide. So we've been told, and some choose to believe it. I know they're wrong, wait and see. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. What a classic Muppet song. And I I had no idea, actually, that that song... because. Er- I never saw this movie, but I absolutely know Rainbow Connection. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a famous Kermit song or, Mm -hmm. you know, famous Muppet song. 
But uh, uh, I know it was written by Paul Williams, mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, his writing partner, who I, I know you mentioned yeah. his name, but I can't remember. That other guy. That other guy. Yeah. Sorry, that other guy. Kenny Asher. That's it, Kenny Asher. It's a sweet song. Probably mm-hmm. my favorite one out of all the ones in this movie. Yeah, I would say they start off strong. I agree. And probably because I already knew it and it is it is the Kermit song. Yeah. You know, anybody who does a Kermit impression likes to start singing the song at like karaoke or things like that. Definitely, definitely a big one. So and apparently for this whole uh, opening scene, Jem Henson spent a whole day in a 50 gallon steel drum submerged underwater in order to make that happen. Okay. yes. um, While we were watching. We were trying to see, I was trying to see if there were any bubbles or anything like that for air bubbles because Kermit was in a swamp and he was right by water. And so you just, someone had to be under, Jim Henson had to be underwater yep. basically when he was doing that. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Dom DeLuise then uh, rose up and he's apparently lost. He's apparently an agent from Hollywood. Uh, he tries to get Kermit to audition for a role in LA. And at first Kermit's not very interested, but then he kind of starts to consider it. So... Uh, Kermit, we then see him biking to town. Kind of funny seeing Kermit's legs and when he's actually just <laughs> off by himself, you know? Uh, we I watched this um, with my kids. I actually didn't I didn't make them sit down. Uh, I just kind of started watching it in the morning and uh, they just kind of came down as they, you know, as they wake up and my daughter came down first and that was around the scene that she came down for. So pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I remember she sat there. She's like, how did they do that? Yeah. <laughs> Because you don't yeah. see you don't see the wires or, or anything, mm-hmm. so I actually don't really know how exactly they did it. I'm assuming there were some wires involved, but uh, probably probably some like fishing line or yeah, something. yeah, exactly. But it's still it it's uh it's a uh, it looks believable enough for a Muppet. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But as he's biking, he uh, notices a restaurant that makes frogs legs, fried frogs legs. Uh oh, that obviously worries him. <laughs> now then, have you ever had fried frog frogs legs? I've never had frog legs. I would. I, I'm not afraid yeah. to eat that kind of stuff. It's it's fine. It's I, I mean, I hate to use this trope, but it kind of is just like chicken. Okay. It's so going to taste like whatever you add to it. Okay. Then that's not really really necessary it's, for me to want to go out then. Are, yeah. Frog's legs, like, there's not a lot of meat there. They're, they're not big. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine anyone being able to successfully make an entire restaurant because I mean, you'd you'd have to have a pipeline of somebody who was raising the frogs specifically for you to use them like that. Yeah. Well, we are going to meet the man coming up in a little bit who uh, ha- does have a successful restaurant. But um, <laughs> first, Kermit uh, uh, goes to a bar, and here we see Madeline Kahn there, and someone else who I wasn't sure who it was. But uh, oh, the singer. Yeah, that's Paul yeah, Williams. Oh, oh, oh! That was okay. The piano guy. That was guy. Paul Williams. Okay, yeah, that's right. I knew I recognized him, and I was like, man, you look like a. You know, poor man's Elton John is what he looked like. <laughs> Just, you know, kind of you know, like he wanted to be Elton, but he definitely wasn't cool enough. Sure. And and without all the flair. But uh, <laughs> we also see Fozzie there who is telling jokes and those don't go well. Kermit even tries to, like, get on stage and help save it, save it but that doesn't work very well. And so uh, other stuff, I, it's, I wrote that they end up kind of tossing Kermit around and things like that. <laughs> and some physical stuff, which yeah. didn't do it for me, I will say. Yeah. Kermit lets Fozzie know that he's on his way to Hollywood, and so Fozzie wants to join, and so they head out in Fozzie's old car, a good old classic like Studebaker, I think it was. Uh, but they get stopped by this sleazy businessman, Doc Hopper, who Doc Hopper is the guy who owns the fried frog leg restaurant, and uh, it's played by Charles Durning, who I recognize uh, the most from the movie Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? He yeah. plays Papio Daniel. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and he wants Kermit to be a spokesperson for his Frog Legs restaurant. Now, of course, Kermit <laughs> doesn't want to promote a Frog Leg restaurant, uh, so he declines. But Peppy is, or uh, Peppy, <laughs> Doc Hopper, <laughs> he's very persistent. <laughs> so he's going to become the antagonist, uh, mainly just so he can try to force Kermit into this. We then get a song from Kermit and Fozzie as they drive. Moving right along in search of good times and good news with good friends you can't lose. This could become a habit. Opportunity knocks once. Let's reach out and grab it. Yeah. Together we'll nab it. We'll hitchhike bus or yellow cabin. Cabin? Moving right along. Footloose and fancy free. Getting there is half the fun. Come share it with me. Moving right along. And I didn't really care for the song. It was it was okay. It was okay. I, I recognized it. I've definitely heard it before, um, either from seeing clips of maybe seeing that clip or something before. But uh, yeah, the, I, I, was, I, was, I was waiting for something to happen in the song. I was waiting yeah. for like it to elevate just a little bit, and it never got there. No. I mean, the thing that elevated the scene for me was when they passed Big Bird yeah. on the road. And you see, and I thought that was super cute. You know, there was actually a lot of intertwining of Muppets and Big Birds. Like, they would kind of be on each other's shows at times and things like that. But he's apparently, I like his, his note. He says, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm on the way to New York. I want to break into public television. Exactly. Which is exactly what he does. Yeah. It's so cute. It was funny. I was with my daughter. So, my son... Definitely watched a good bit of Sesame Street when he was very little. My daughter, not so much. She never really got huh. into it. And so we were sitting there and she was like, oh, hey, it's um, it's it's that big bird. What's his name? And I'm like, big bird. <laughs> <laughs> good. good one. Uh, I'm kind of surprised we haven't gotten to Sesame Street yet. Only because like we've done all these other, you I know. know, some of these Jim Henson ones. But Sesame Street is is... One of my most nostalgic things for from Jim I Henson. agree. I think uh, part of me is a little worried because it's daunting. Uh, Sesame Street's been on for decades at this point, since like 1968, 1969, something like yeah, that. Yeah, been on for a very, very long time. So um, I think I think I just need to. We just need to find the right thing to pair it with. Yeah, exactly. I can tell you when whenever we do watch it, I'm going to make sure I watch the episode. With Katy Perry, where she had like that low cut shirt that like everybody got pissed off on, but I man, I like me some Katy Perry, and I like I, I, I don't low cut shirts. I don't know why you would need a reason to wait to see a <laughs> video of Katy Perry in a low cut top. John, I I want to tell everybody about my boner on the podcast when it's fresh. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, let's get back to the Muppet movie. Please do. Yeah, they uh, they notice a billboard with Kermit's face on it, uh, and Doc Hopper pops off, you know, pops out behind it. It's his billboard. They're confronted by him. In comes Carol Kane when they start saying myth, myth, and then they cut to her. I didn't get it. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, well, she first appeared in the bar scene. Okay. I, yeah, somewhere in there. Somebody meant something about myth, and she goes, myth, myth, and she comes out and goes, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. And it, the joke is more apparent if you have the subtitles on because then oh, they're spelling gotcha. <laughs> like she's saying it. Okay. And so I don't know if she comes back again because they had a couple of things that were like running gags, like one that even Kermit pointed out was a running yeah. gag. He goes, huh, running gag. And then I don't remember them coming back. Okay. Yeah. I just, I must have missed the, the bar setup. Yeah. It, that's it why was set it was up once very before. confusing. It was set okay. up once before. All right. Kermit and Fozzie. Then stop uh, by the side of the road and find some other Muppets uh, playing music in a church. Uh, I do really like 
uh, I think it was Kermit. I can't remember if it's Kermit's line or Fozzie's line where he says, They don't look like Presbyterians to me. They don't look like Presbyterians to me, yeah. uh, which is a which was very funny. Uh, we got some fourth wall breaking in this scene as well as they uh, even like pull out the script, which is interesting. I mean, that's a very Muppet. They do a lot of fourth wall breaks in the Muppet yeah. show as well that we'll talk about. But um, I don't know. Kind of interesting, kind of different, cute. There was another through joke that that actually happened. It's happened a few times and you, you really have to pay attention for it. So anytime, any, anytime anyone mentions the, the phrase, I'm lost someone or something will reply with have you tried harry krishna i did I, I did hear that yes 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 i absolutely remember hearing that line and in the scene on, on when they first pull up to the church the sign says lost have you tried reverend harry krishna oh cute so that that is another through joke that one kind of like i giggled at first and then it after a while i was like eh, okay I mean, also, it doesn't help that, not to say Hare Krishna isn't a thing anymore, but they're just, they're not as prevalent yeah, as yeah, they yeah. once were. It's not like it exactly. was. I mean, if any, if Air, if the movie Airplane has taught us anything, <laughs> is that Harry Krishna were everywhere there. Exactly. And because airline rules changed and you can't just kind of walk around the airports anymore and definitely not at the terminals and gates, uh, we then get a song from the Muppet Band, which is, the, you know, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. By the end of it, they repaint Fozzie's car to try and help him hide from Doc Hopper. And it's kind of like this weird <laughs> psychedelic look. Very hippie. But immediately, like, they, they start driving and Doc Hopper's right behind him. And it obviously it doesn't. It doesn't hide them one bit. Well, except for when so. they pull up next to the billboard, and then it somehow yeah, it kinda, works perfectly. Yeah, I mean, I to me, I was like, wow, this is that was just a bad, bad joke. Where <laughs> yeah, exactly, they they're very cartoon esque type of thing, Roadrunner and uh, Wiley Coyote kind of thing, um, where they exactly they pull off to that sign and get driven by. So uh, then we see Gonzo with a chicken. I can't remember that if that chicken has a name or not. I think it's uh, Camilla. Camilla. Okay. Uh, and their cars almost crash and ultimately ends up kind of weird inverted, almost like that Top Gun invert, <laughs> but he's just landed on top of the other car, you know, but they, so they end up joining Fozzie and Kermit for their trip to Hollywood. Interestingly, Gonzo says he wants to go to Bombay, India to make movies. And Fozzie says, you don't go to India to make movies. You go to Hollywood. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of Bollywood? Because Bollywood, which is actually a mix of Bombay and Hollywood. Actually, Bombay has actually changed its name. It's now Mumbai. But Bollywood makes more movies per year than Hollywood does. I believe it. Yeah. So I just kind of, inter- I, I, I don't even know if Bollywood was as big of a thing in, in 1979. Probably not. But I do find it interesting that they mentioned that. And, and Fozzie was just like, no, man, you go to Hollywood. And it's like, actually, Bollywood's a real industry. Like, it is legit. I'm sure it was a pretty big industry even back then. Probably. It's just not as yeah. well known, I would assume. Yeah, could be. Have you ever watched, uh, like, any of the Bollywood movies? I So I did in film school. Um, we actually had, like, you know, one of my classes, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, we did like different different culture of film. Like, uh, there's also Nollywood, uh, which is uh, Nigerian yeah, I was Hollywood. Gonna say, I, I thought Nigeria also had a pretty big uh, yeah. film industry. Yeah, I actually took a, an entire class on African cinema, which was really interesting. Cool. I liked that one a lot. But uh, yeah, so I did see, and the style didn't really resonate with me for the now. Now I do appreciate the big dance numbers mm-hmm. that you'll get in Bollywood stuff. I actually haven't seen any of the good Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen a lot of like silly action ones with like yeah. unbelievable <laughs> things that happen in them. Yeah, and some of them get turned into like memes nowadays. Yeah. And you see some of that crazy stuff that happens. So, but uh, the Muppets end up trading in the cars so they can get a uh, different one, uh, so they can you know hide from Doc Hopper, a bigger one basically as well. Uh, Milton Burl tries to sell them a car, uh, and they end up getting a great deal thanks to this the really big Muppet. I can't remember. I can't what remember it its name either. Yeah, he uh, ended up putting in a decimal point, so they bought a car for eleven ninety five instead of one thousand one hundred. Even one thousand one hundred ninety five is a good deal. Well, <laughs> it is car. now, but I mean, back then it was pretty standard. True, uh, but you know, he's also kind of like chasing them the entire time because he wanted to go to Hollywood with them. But uh, so he ends up kind of running and following them. Uh, they stop at a county fair, and we see Elliot Gould hosting a beauty pageant. And the second I saw a beauty pageant, I'm like, oh, yeah. I know who the winner is going to be. Yeah. I knew. Yeah, I, I knew it too. Miss Piggy's coming. So yes, uh, Miss Piggy ended up being the winner. Kermit is enamored uh, with her, and she's she sees him in the crowd and immediately is enamored back. I'd say is more enamored with him than he is by her, actually. Um, and we get a whole song because of it. Never before have two souls joined so freely and so fast. For me, this is the first time and the last. Kermit invites Piggy to join them, you know, all excited about this stuff. Uh, Fozzie eh, gets some ice cream from Bob Hope very quickly in a weird kind of scene. But to me, it makes sense that Fozzie gets ice cream from Bob Hope because some of his like cheesy jokes is very Bob Hope-esque. Yeah. Like, you know, he would that was his style when he when he did um, a lot of his kind of either stand up or, or hosting duties. And Gonzo gets some balloons from Richard Pryor. Uh, They're just kind of, <laughs> you know, cute cameos. Yeah. What I mentioned before that Kermit invited Piggy to join them, he thought he was just inviting Piggy to go get ice cream. She thought he was joining, uh, he was inviting her for Hollywood. So during all of that, there's also craziness now where Gonzo is now up in the air because of holding too many balloons. And so now they have to follow him in the car uh, and they end up. Doc Hopper ends up shooting him down with shotguns, not shooting Gonzo, shooting the balloons. (laughs) That would have been dark. (laughs) We'll just. The skeet shoot Gonzo, skeet shoot Muppets. That would be an <laughs> interesting movie. But madness happens, and um, as I said, Doc Hopper shoots them down, and uh, the car crashes. Uh, well, Doc Hopper's car crashes, and so they uh, continue on their journey. And those uh, those scenes that they did with them driving in the car, the way they did that, because they were actually driving a car around. Oh, wow. Um, was they had, most of the Muppets had one puppeteer except for Fozzie who needed two and the car was wired to be driven by in the trunk by a little person oh okay they had a little person in the trunk who drove the car around and apparently at one point did they have a camera like how did they see I think they had a camera but at one point it went off and so they had the assistant director just radioing (laughs) directions to the driver wow from the trunk go a little left little right more right okay (laughs) that's cool that's scary. Uh, I don't think that is, yeah. uh, fits union safety rules now. <laughs> but 
the Muppets stop uh, for the night, and uh, kind of Kermit and Miss Piggy have a little date. Their waiter is a Steve Martin being really weird, <laughs> like yeah. extra weird. But I mean, if you ever watch like his old stand-up, he was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely know Steve Martin mostly from, you know, his movies and stuff like that. But this was just like, yeah. whoa, what are you doing, Steve? <laughs> I actually wasn't. I've listened to a lot of his stand-up. I actually don't like it. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of his stand-up. Okay. I just, I'm just not. It's never reached oh, me. Fair enough. But we, but during this date, Piggy and Kermit almost end up kissing uh, until she gets a call from her agent. Uh, then time passes a little bit and we hear Rolf on the piano. And he uh, gives us a song about women. You can't live with them. You can't live without them. There's something irresistible-ish about them. We grin and bear it because the nights are long. I hope that something better comes along. Kermit then gets a phone call as well. Piggy has apparently been kidnapped by Doc Hopper. Hopper ends up getting both of them and he ties them up. Uh, We see Mel Brooks playing like a evil German mind control doctor guy. (laughs) Very very Mel Brooks. I thought it actually was pretty fitting. Um, So he attempts to do his, you know, mind control machine on Kermie, but Piggy, of course, kind of what she does, she hulks out. (laughs) Like that happens a lot. I remember seeing like, you know, just Miss Piggy. She just all of a sudden she can get enraged and just like literally she'll just make break chains or whatever. And she broke her restraints and wreaks havoc on the whole place. And they end up escaping. Piggy gets a call from her agent and ends up leaving. And uh, then we get a cut back to the theater. We hadn't actually been, you know, a little from that opening scene. We see Statler and Waldorf, Waldorf, you know, they're making fun of it, you know, doing kind of their classic stuff. So, Well, how do you like the film? I've seen detergents that leave a better film than this. Oh! <laughs> uh, all right, back into the film. Fozzie sings America the Beautiful. Oh, beautiful. For spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountains, majesties, about our fruit and plain, America, America. With shots of different landmarks, very American feel right now. And Doc Hopper, we see just a, he's still really. Uh, really pissed off about Kermit, he ends up hiring a frog killer, a bounty hunter, basically, who specializes <laughs> in killing frogs. Uh, the Muppets pick up Piggy and continue their journey. Uh, then they have some mechanical issues. They stop and have a, at a little campfire, and they have a little song there. Sun rises, night falls. Sometimes the sky calls. Is that a song there? And do I belong there I've never been there but I know the way I'm going to go back there someday so a lot of a lot of music in this one I mean it makes a lot of sense because I watched the Muppet yeah. show before watching this one and there are tons of musical aspects to the show as well yeah uh, Kermit's then a bit upset you know that they're not uh, heading towards Hollywood right now, and we uh, he then hears music from Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem, who are who's with his group, and because they they found him because they had read the script from earlier, they followed the script. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Fourth wall, very cute. I do like that, or I find it funny. They say, "Oh yeah, we'll uh, we'll have breakfast at uh, Hollywood and Vine," and I want to be like, "Man, I know that intersection. There ain't no good breakfast places at Hollywood and Vine." <laughs> like, 
Well, not now. now. Maybe, in, maybe there was Maybe then. in 79. But like Hollywood and Vine is one of the more congested intersections in LA area. Or definitely in like that, you know, West Hollywood and Hollywood area. But it's all mm. like touristy stuff there. There's not like, it's not. But now, you're right. Is that is that where the Chinese theater uh, is? It's close. So that's actually, Hollywood and Vine is a little bit east of. Or is that Hollywood and Highland? Hollywood and Highland is much closer to uh, to, to that, okay. yeah. I think that's what I'm thinking yeah, of, yeah. is that one. Yep. A motorcycle cop pulls them over as they're driving now, heading towards Hollywood. It's uh, Doc Hopper's right-hand man. I hadn't really mentioned him before, but he's kind of like, yeah, this is the sidekick. But he warns them yep. about the whole frog killer guy. Uh, he kind of feels that Doc Hopper's gone too far now. Kermit says he wants to have a showdown with this frog killer. He's he's fed up. And so, you know, at kind of like this, I don't know, Deadwood kind of town, this, uh, you know, very Western feel, uh, we meet... <laughs> Dr. Honey, Honeydew, and we see Beaker, and there's this whole standoff between Kermit and Doc Hopper and his crew, and very kind of, you know, in just that, you know, Mexican standoff, Western standoff kind of style. Kermit is trying to reach out to Doc Hopper in his heart and try to, to approach him, you know, this way, uh, but then an earthquake happens, and Animal becomes huge. Why? So when they come into the town, they find, like, Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker's lab. Oh, and there was okay. a thing that was like called Instagram. See, I must have just been doing some notes and I missed some of this stuff. Yeah. Okay, so he gets Instagram. It, it was very Dues Machina kind of thing for me, <laughs> I felt. And I was just like, okay, yeah. we're just moving forward with that. The fun part about that, though, is that the um, the studio wanted him to make a model and just use the regular size animal puppet. Uh-huh. And he said no. And he made a sixty-foot animal head Whoa. to actually come out of the to actually come out of the uh, roof of the building. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. That's very cool, actually. I mean, who's going to tell Jim Henson no? Yeah. I mean, maybe then, but now. Well, he's dead now, well, John. Now dead, but... <laughs> That'd be creepy if they if he, if he asked for anything right now. Uh... Somebody standing over his grave. No, <laughs> no, Jim Henson. That's horrible. Yes. I'm sorry I said that. All right, so uh, they go to Hollywood. Kermit goes in for an audition, uh, temporarily stopped by Cloris Leachman, you know, acting as the secretary. Um, but they get by her, utilizing her allergy to pet dander, basically. They all, <laughs> ugh, kind of a gross moment, actually. Um, and they meet Mr. Lord, who is the big guy at this movie studio, and it's played by Orson Welles. And he loves them. He gives them the rich and famous contract. Yes. Yay. They want to all be rich and famous, so... Uh, we get a song from Kermit here. Ooh, and pratfalls and bird calls and bad imitations. Ignoring your homework is that dedication. You work to the mirror. You're getting standing ovations. You're burning with hope. You're building up steam. What was once juvenileish is grown up and stylish. You're close to your dream. Somebody out there loves you, stands up and hollers for more. You found a home at the magic store. And all the Muppets then, you know, are, are prepping for Hollywood and filming and things like that. And we get uh, Rainbow Connection again as they all start singing it. Life's like a movie, write your own ending. Keep believing, keep pretending we've done just what we've set out to do. Thanks to the lovers, the dreamers, and you. 
and then we get uh, credits with the Muppets in the theater. And at the end of it, I do remember, you know, um, I've, I've heard this before where animals kind of talking to the audience, go home, go home, bye-bye. Uh, that's kind of how it wraps up. <laughs> now, I sped through that because there was a lot of musical numbers. And, John, I didn't just dislike this movie. I fucking hated it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I wasn't paying much attention while I watched it. Because it didn't keep my attention. And I know I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but this this yeah. movie wasn't good. It sucked. It was very slow. Yeah. It was very slow. And this is, this is not considered um, one of the better, or at all, it's probably considered the worst of the Muppet okay. um, movies. Um, but it is the first one, yeah. which is why I kind of felt important and plus i don't have a like i said i don't have a nostalgic tie to any of them i know some people who are passionate about muppet treasure island Mm. i think it's the greatest one ever that's the one with tim curry right yeah i believe so okay so i mean you know if you got tim curry then sure i'm more likely to believe that but since i had since i didn't have a tie i did want to start with the first one yeah it totally makes sense so, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for it at all either. I loved listening to the song Rainbow Connection. Yeah. Moving Right Along was the other one that I kind of remembered a little bit. But other than that, I was like, okay, let's just get through this movie. It was, it was very slow. Yeah. And, and that's how I missed a lot of stuff and just wrote my notes. Because <laughs> if, if you didn't grow up with a, a love and a passion for the Muppets, then this movie is not going to interest you and that's kind of how it fit for me and besides just that though i mean i don't dislike the muppets i'm fine with them but you're right this was so slow so boring yeah if you're a fan and an intense fan sure go watch it um but if you don't care then just don't see it don't see this movie yeah so there there are other muppet mediums that you're better off watching yeah and maybe one of those mediums is the muppet show All right, The Muppet Show. Let's give this one a shot, see if um, I appreciated this more than the movie. So the series originated as two episodes, uh, produced two pilot episodes produced by Henson for ABC in 1974 and 75. So the 74 pilot was called The Muppets Valentine's Show, and the 75 one was called The Muppets Sex and Violence. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of a play on, you know, they're oh, they're a little bit more adult um, with their jokes and stuff uh, than the Sesame Street stuff. But I, it, it, when I saw that title, I was like, that does not sound right. But it was so. Um, but neither of those were picked up. But then eventually a British network called ATV did produce the show with uh, with Henson Productions. And it ended up being syndicated through CBS in the U.S. So this was not actually a U.S. show. It was a it was a British show. Oh, OK. And it ran from 1976 to 81. It had five seasons, 120 episodes, obviously created by Jim Henson. Before he actually created The Muppet Show, um, his first television venture was called Salmon Friends. And on Salmon Friends, he even had a uh, character that looked a lot like Kermit. But he was kind of, I think maybe it was even like a, a primitive kind of Kermit. Um, and that show yeah. ran from 55 to 61. Uh, and overall, just the the term Muppet, Jim Henson uh, says that it's basically just a combination of marionette and puppet. And that's where he that's where he got the name pup, for Muppet. Okay. The cast on the Muppet Show is basically the exact same as the one before, as I already mentioned. So I'm not going to yeah. go through those. And it's uh, this is a variety show, so it is you know it's featured 
different sketches, some kind of reoccurring sketches, lots of musical numbers in this one that were interspersed uh, kind of between different plot lines that happened like backstage. Um, you would kind of get, you'd kind of get like the, the front of, you'd see like the actual show itself, but then you'd also see kind of the backstage shenanigans and stuff that they had to do to kind of make the show happen. And kind of Kermit was like the, the showrunner. He was kind of like the boss. Yeah. It had a different host. Yes. Uh, for each one who would, you know, do various things and talents depending on, you know, what that host talents were. Yeah. Um, the first one, I watched the uh, pilot, which is uh, Rita Moreno. Yeah, I watched that one too. And then I skipped ahead. I watched uh, Elton John's episode Okay, just because I want to see him. But there, you go through the list and, and the different people. I was like, man, I really want to see some of these people, you know, in like in, in that time. Like it really it takes a nice little snapshot of these people yeah. in the 70s and, and early 80s. So, so. Uh, I watched I watched three episodes. I picked out, I watched the pilot and then I picked out two other ones that I wanted to see. Um, just because I wanted to see the host. Um, one of them was, I think it was either in the fourth or fifth season, and it was Buddy Rich. I was going to ask you if you watched that I one. Did. Yeah, because I saw Buddy it, Rich, and I was like, oh, I hope John watched it. They famously have a drum-off between Animal and Buddy Rich on there. I've seen that clip before. Okay. So I want to watch the whole episode in it. Because, I mean, it's it's Buddy Rich, you know, very famous drummer, probably one of the most famous drummers and it's it, you know it was fun it was it was fun to watch them on there cuz they talk a bunch of different a bunch of stuff and uh, mm-hmm. the other one i wanted to watch was harry belafonte oh okay uh, which of course they sang um the deo no they didn't sing deo the other one oh one uh, one thing that was pretty interesting that they did unlike a lot of other shows and especially talk shows they keep bringing people back now that this show kind of had a rule no guest star ever appeared twice on the muppet show so um, now I think John Denver did appear on the pilots, like those other ones that didn't fit. But like on this this run, uh, they never had anybody else um, twice, more than once. So which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, also apparently guest stars could request to be in a scene with their favorite Muppet. Uh, apparently Miss Piggy was the most requested and Animal was a close second. Yeah, uh, I was, you were right, I was wrong, it was Dale. For some reason, I, I okay. had admit, even though I watched it yesterday, I was thinking, no, I think it was jumping the line. No, it was it was Dale. Gotcha. One of, one of the ones from Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so as I mentioned, it was kind of set in this whole old vaudevillian style theater. And it's definitely a little bit more of adult side of humor but it's not it's not intense adult humor no. i mean they're not like bad you know innuendo jokes like crazy on this one um just just a little bit more grown up just a little bit which actually i think really helped the muppets in their popularity because they're still muppets and so kids are gonna be you know initially attracted to them because mm-hmm. of that but then also adults could be like oh wow these jokes and these some of these bad puns and whatnot i get them and they're a little bit more you know, it's not intellectual humor by any means, mm-hmm. but they're just definitely more interesting than, uh, you know, a, a specific kids show. I think I think the Muppets are perfect for a variety show like this because you can change things up all the time. Having the different yeah. guest host helps. You know, it's um, you know it's a shorter format. I think it was just a half hour format mm-hmm. um, for this one. So I I think that's probably why I enjoyed this show, um, and I definitely enjoyed it a lot more the movie, but uh, than the movie. But uh, you know, even the even the the dumb puns, I still found cute. Yeah, yeah, they're cute enough. Question for you is: uh, Do you have a favorite Muppet overall? Um, I I don't know. I mean, the drummer in me always wants to say Animal, but I when I was a kid, I was probably a Kermit fan. Okay, 
Yeah. I was probably Kermit. I mean, he's the, he's kind of the, the leader. He's the, yeah. he's the lovable one. I was not a Miss Piggy fan. That was for sure. No, she's annoying. Absolutely. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So it was probably between Animal and Kermit. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, and I would probably say for me, Statler and Waldorf, um, they're just, they are yeah dumb, funny. They're awesome. I mean, they're just shitting on everybody, which I, you got to appreciate. And suppose talking of appreciation, I absolutely have to bring up that theme song. This is the Muppet Show, and tonight's guest star, Mr. Joel Gray. I mean, it's it's just it's so fucking classic. It is, to me. and it's yeah. it's fun. Everyone, yep. in any time you, I mean, all you got to hear is, uh, you know, do a little opening bump, and everyone's getting yeah. ready, and That's that you know, and people will sing along. But the thing that I think people sing along to that song more so than the actual words is that Barry Sax part. I mean, that's like, that's my favorite part because that's kind of like the their equivalent of like the beat drop because everything comes out and then the bass, Barry Sachs come out. But yeah, it's a, it's classic. It's fun. It's singable. Yeah. It's a bop. It is a bop. It's right. That's what the kids say these days. That's right. So we are, it slaps. We're hit. Yeah, there you go. It slaps. Man, you 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 uh I see you with your clothes on, you you got that drip and you listen to the, with a banger that slaps. I love it. Bet I spend way too much fucking time on TikTok. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's funny. Uh overall that music was a big part of the show and I absolutely find myself enjoying I think the music elements the best mm-hmm. for the for this show. I will kind of throw out the skits I didn't really like. I, I a lot of them honestly do you, they just they didn't land for me. Um, I think they're more so for the kids. Yeah, than they were very slapsticky. I mean, you, you watched the Rita Moreno one. There was one where she was dancing with I can't remember somebody, one of the or a it was a random a random, random tall muppety puppet. thing. But it yeah. just it just fell into just weird. You know, she threw them into chairs and all this kind of stuff. It just it just wasn't funny to me. But the music parts were really good. And I do want to mention just because we're talking the Muppets. One the one song that everybody associates with the Muppets is Manamana. 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 Oh yeah, I mean that's a huge one. Actually, which was not originally from the Muppet Show. Uh, that song was first performed by the Muppets, but it was performed on the Ed Sullivan Show in 1969. And actually, it's I'm not even not, it's not actually someone else did ah. Menomina first, and they covered that song on the Ed Sullivan Show. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's actually written by a an Italian written by this guy 
Piero Umiliani. Yeah, it was a. It ended up getting its widespread because of the Muppets, but it wasn't originally for them. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay. But yeah, that's that's the gist of the Muppets to me. Boy, though, the only thing I want to add was just all again all those cheesy puns, like bad puns, but. <laughs> The thing is, yeah, as we mentioned before, this show leans into that. It knows what it is. Yeah. You, you got to admit that. So um, how about you kind of go through and give us your overall thoughts on The Muppet Show? I thought it was still kind of fun to watch. Uh, I think the episodes were short enough that I was I was able to get through them. Like I said, I watched three of them back to back to back. Um, I could have kept watching more, but I decided to stop there just because I had other things to do. But I, I, to me, this is more iconic than the movies. Mm-hmm. This TV show means when I think the Muppets, I immediately think the Muppet Show, that theme song, um, the silly skits, the horrible puns, yeah. the guest stars, all that stuff. To me, this is the epitome of the Muppets. I absolutely agree with you there. I immensely appreciated the show more than watching the movie. Now, I absolutely can see, like, when, it, you know, if you were a kid uh, or even, you know, like a teenager or whatever and into, like, nerdy things, obviously. But, like, when this came out and there were only, like, four channels on, this was very innovative and something different, you mm-hmm. know, having yeah. almost like a parody variety show with Muppets. But, you know, for me, watching it a little bit later, you know, it it, it lost some of its innovation but just because i hadn't seen it before i still respect it of course though and i will always have the utmost respect for jim henson and everything that he does and and created um but yeah so i like seeing the stars of the 70s being silly with a whole bunch of puppets around them i think that was kind of (laughs) cute i i really did appreciate the musical stuff as i mentioned um and the musical stars were probably i really did enjoy uh the they had they opened up the elton john episode with him doing crocodile rock from a swamp with crocodiles ever in there and then at the end he accidentally fell in and the crocodiles ate him um so just kind of just kind of funny kermit had a just a funny little line there as well just being like oh no i told you i told you you're not supposed to eat the the guest host in the first skit something like that but yeah i i did say i, f- I found myself looking through the episodes just to be like oh man who are these other guests i was like who they were interacting with was pretty interesting yeah. to me and i do want to kind of go back and watch some of those other ones i i was interested in seeing like the buddy rich one as well just because i know you know how important he is for drumming um and i've seen that that uh one little bit you know the drum off as well is pretty famous the show itself i wasn't really loving i'm not gonna really make my make sure i go out of my way to watch it again but i appreciate it and i really really appreciate seeing i want i'm I'm not against puppetry and i'm not against it i i want to see more of this kind of stuff continue obviously dark crystal was an age of resistance is that what it's called yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that's that, a great show. I like that one. Good. And I want to see more of that kind of stuff, you know, because I, I think there's still room for that, you know, using puppets into parody and, and things like that. Yeah. It's just this stuff is pretty dated and a good bit of their the guest hosts. I had no idea who they were uh, just kind right. of looking through the names. But some of the big ones, I, I wouldn't hate if I wanted to go back and see some of them, like some of these people in their prime. You know, I, when I think of Elton John, I probably think of like these a little bit older, a little bit heftier from like mm-hmm. the probably like 90s and 2000s and on. But you go back and see him, you know, in his full crazy dress up garb uh, from the 70s. It's kind of really fun to fun to see him. So 
Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch. Uh, Sylvester Stallone had an episode. I wanted to see that. I immediately when I saw him on there, I was like, oh shit, did Arnold do one? And so I wanted to see if Arnold did, but he 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 wasn't on episode. He wasn't big enough yet. But uh, yeah, but yeah. So appreciate it. It's just you know, I probably won't be going back anytime soon. This episode of the Blast From Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... Welcome to Muppet Vision 3D! Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. Get a taste for unique fun that bubbles over with excitement. It's a sensation that will blow you away and shower you with humor. For the finest and wildly wacky explosive entertainment, Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. We surrender, we surrender! Only at the Disney MGM Studios theme park. Alright. And now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned at the top, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, And because of that, we're going to approach this one a little bit different. Normally, we kind of do a back and Mm -hmm. forth, but because we are possibly doing two different movies, uh, we'll probably do one in there and and then the other, unless somehow we picked the same movie. (laughs) So what I told Adam was, you're going to pick a movie, you're going to keep one of the actors, and then you have to recast the rest as Muppets. How much he did, you know, it depends on what movie he did and all that thing. So, I guess we'll have to start with the important question. Adam, what movie did you recast? So far, of the different Muppet movies, they've had the Muppet movie, which is a musical road comedy. They've had the Great Muppet Caper, which is a heist comedy. Well, they're all comedies. Um, Muppets Take Manhattan, which is kind of a general musical. Christmas Carol, which is Christmas one. Muppet Treasure Island, which is an adventure film. Muppets from Space, which is sci-fi. The Muppets, which is another generic musical comedy. And then uh, Muppets Most Wanted, which is a crime comedy. Mm. I felt they needed some action and some horror, so they are doing Aliens. Oh, I love it. Yes. I I love it. I am Muppetizing Aliens. Well, then we will start with you, and you can just pretty much go down your casting however you want. You can either tell us who you're keeping as a human first or last, however you want to do it. Okay. All right, well, I'll just kind of uh, just go in a direction. I'll, I'll say who I did it. Frost. Yes, I, I recast Frost even. <laughs> the guy who dies pretty quickly. Um, that's going to be the Swedish chef. He's going to die off. Uh, bork, bork. Bork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not. I, I never really liked the Swedish chef. I'm not going to lie. I'm totally okay with him dying. <laughs> so because of the scene uh, of Corporal, was it Dietrich? And, you know, she yells at Spunkmeyer to get back. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have another good spot for these two, but because there was some interaction with them, I put Statler and Waldorf as my Dietrich and Spunkmeyer, <laughs> either one or the other. Drake is going to be Gonzo. Okay. Uh, because Drake is pretty, um, they're, they're pretty vi- self assured. Yeah, self assured. And, and, and vi- you know, he's definitely willing to take risks. And Drake is just. Super cool. Vasquez is, uh, I didn't, not a female. There's really not all that many female Muppets. They need to get mm. some more female Muppets, I will say. Yeah. But because I liked the idea of Pepe the King Prawn carrying one of the uh, the big guns, <laughs> I put Pepe as Vasquez. Okay. And um, Gorman, Gorman is a wet blanket. And when I think of the Muppets wet blanket, I think a scooter. And so Scooter is my Gorman. Okay. Um, Hudson, because he's full of just bad, bad jokes, you know, Hudson is. So I went with Fozzie for Hudson. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yep. Apone, you know, being the badass that he is, I went with Rolf. 
because Rolf is is bad. Honestly, Rolf is the blackest Muppet. We all know this. He's awesome. <laughs> and so that's why he's Apone. Yeah. Bishop, you know, he's kind of scientific and he's smart. So I went with Dr. Bunsen Honeydew for my bishop. Uh, Newt, I went with Beaker because Beaker's kind of childlike. <laughs> so I went with that one. That's fair. Burke, I kept Paul Reiser. That's who I am okay. keeping. He's the villain. And so I kept, that's awesome. I kept Paul Reiser in there. Uh, Hicks. Hicks is almost, almost well, he's not our hero. He's our secondary hero, but he's kind of the male protagonist. So I went with Kermit the Frog. Okay. And then Ripley is definitely Miss Piggy. And then all of our aliens are going to be animal. Animals coming at you. <laughs> Just animals. Yes, there's a shit ton of animals. <laughs> it's going to be scary as hell. Uh, that's awesome. Cool. Think those 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 kind of fit? Yeah, I think awesome. those all fit, fit really, really well. Cool. Oh, see, that's a movie I would watch, <laughs> especially with the because I, I, you got to the end, I was like, huh, I guess he didn't use animal in this. Well, yeah. I mean, which would have been totally fine. And then you were like, it hit you with, hit me with all the animals. Yes, <laughs> I mean, animal, he just totally, totally, he's wild and crazy. Fits really well for uh, for Alien. And I thought yeah. for a minute to put Statler and Waldorf as Vasquez and Drake because they have a good rapport. But once I got right. the idea of Pepe with uh, that big ass <laughs> big gun, I couldn't get gun. off of it. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, so I, uh, did not go into the action route. I recast the Shawshank Redemption. Ah, interesting. Both Mark Rolston films. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, there you go. Uh, as a Muppet movie, I kind of picked and choose a few little things here. So for this one, uh, I wanted to cast a fat ass. Uh, he does not have another name. That is fat ass. That's, he's the guy who gets, uh, killed. Okay. His first night oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. That's literally literally the so, so character's what, name yeah. in this hey, credits. Fat, is fat ass. ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's gonna be Beaker. Okay, Beaker's <laughs> not really a fat ass, but he's annoying. <laughs> I can, I can yeah. do that. So uh, some of these are, are are not necessarily because they have elements that are exactly like the character, but because I I think they would be funny in that particular role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Floyd, who is one of the guys in in um in the gang with red. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just kind of one of generic. That's going to be Rolf. Okay. Um, uh, Skeet, who is another one is going to be Gonzo. Um, I wanted to make sure that Rolf and Gonzo got in there, but I didn't have a good particular character. So I figured those guys, you know, they'll be in there sitting around on the benches talking with red. And so I figured that worked there. Uh, Brooks is the Swedish chef. Oh, okay. And it, when he comes to the end scene for him, it's just going to say, Bort, Bort, Bort. Okay, I like that. Okay, I, I can see that. That is funny. <laughs> and then it, and it'll say, Bort, 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 and so was Red. And so was Red. <laughs> oh, okay. Boggs. Boggs is going to be Miss Piggy. Oh, okay. Boggs, uh, so Mark Rolston. Yeah, that is an intense role, and I could see yes. Miss Piggy being that evil. Because she's intense. Yeah, she is. Um, I, I considered putting her as Warden Norton and in a real one that probably would be where they would put Miss Piggy because she's, they consider Miss Piggy one of the bigger Muppets. But to me, I think it should become clear as to why I felt like her infatuations, uh, would need to be put her as Boggs. Okay. So we'll get uh, to that. Uh, Haywood, uh, who is kind of, he's kind of like not quite dim witted, but he's just kind of like. (laughs) He's, he's a little bit of that. Because well, Alexandra, dumbass. <laughs> like, dumbass. Yeah. Uh, and so he's going to be played by Fozzie Bear. I think that fits, yeah. Yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy, the kind of 50s greaser guy, mm-hmm. is going to be played by Pepe. 
Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought that worked really, really well. I could see Pepe with a big black leather jacket. Yeah. Or like the T-shirt with the rolled up sleeve and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Hadley. Uh, at first, I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with this one, but because he is so brutal, I had to make Animal Captain Hedley. Okay. All right. Yeah. I can see exactly. You can see Animal just like you know beating the crap out of some of the other guards <laughs> or the other prisoners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for the Warden, so I thought about possibly putting in, um, um, oh God, I've already blanked on the name, Stadler and Waldorf uh-huh. here, but I decided not to do that. So it, what I would do with Stadler and Waldorf is they would just be like random guards who would just cut in with stupid shit. Okay. In the, they wouldn't they wouldn't have a, a, a major part. So for the warden, um, because he already has a really good scowl, I went with Sam the Eagle. Oh, he does have a good scowl, and yeah, they're, they're, uh, Warden Norton switches you know yeah. to that scowl pretty quickly. I like that. Red will still be played by Morgan Freeman because you got to have him narrate in the movie. Yeah. You can't change that. And then obviously Andy is going to be Kermit the Frog. The frog, yeah. Now, I love keeping Morgan Freeman in there, especially, you know, you <laughs> just him and his his perfect narration voice surrounded by Muppets would be is just <laughs> great. Yeah. That's that's very very interesting. A very very intense type of film to uh <laughs> to, to muppetize, but I like it a lot. So this is uh I had I honestly I could have done recastings with the Muppets like yeah I could have done a ton of them because I actually had a lot of fun doing this yeah this was enjoyable definitely could have done another one you know we could save one for another um you know Patreon exclusive or something we could do another one of those each oh yeah something. that'd be fun to do definitely fun to do so a little bit of a shorter episode this time this but, is, yeah, uh, we haven't done one this short in a long time but you know what it's bound to happen yep and yeah uh, Muppets uh, just happen to be that way and that's all cool. Alright, and that was our Muppet castings of some mainstream movies. Please join us next time for a very special episode. Adam and John are joined by Lauren Tagliaferro from the Misinformation Podcast to talk Peter Gabriel's album, So. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, Well then, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.